Sunset Lake CBD is a majority employee-owned hemp farm located right outside of Burlington, Vermont. Before they started growing hemp, Sunset Lake Farms produced cream for Ben & Jerry's. Sunset Lake CBD doesn't use any pesticides or herbicides to grow any of its hemp plants, and they use organic fertilizer and other sustainable farming techniques to ensure the long-term health of the soil and to minimize their carbon footprint. So like all of us, my days are really stressful. By the end of the night, my kids are in bed, I'm taking a minute to chill, but I'm still unwinding. I recently started using the Relax Gummies infused with CBD isolate, reishi mushroom extract, and ashwagandha root extract. I'm really glad I tried these because they really helped me get ready for a good night of sleep, and I really think I sleep better, so I'd highly recommend it. So check out Sunset Lake CBD today at sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. That's sunsetlakecbd.com and use the code HFPOD for 20% off your order. Farmer-owned, Vermont-grown, Sunset Lake CBD. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Hey listeners, I want to tell you about a sponsor, Music Masters Collective. They're a nonprofit organization that produces unique music events, providing opportunities for fans and artists to meet and collaborate in an inspired and creative atmosphere. Every week, they host different events, all with the opportunity to learn from world-class musicians like O'Teal Burbridge, Trouble No More, former members of the band, Milk Carton Kids, Nikki Glaspie, Bill Frizzell, Sean Colvin, and many more. This June, join the Fab Foe, Joan Osborne, John Sebastian, Marshall Crenshaw, and a great group of faculty for the debut of Magical Mystery Camp. This all-inclusive, once-in-a-lifetime music vacation experience in the heart of the Catskills will be packed with nightly performances, workshops, speakers, song circles, open mics, and a lot more. If you're a performing musician at any level, bring your instrument. If you're a music lover, bring your good spirit. It's an amazing experience for individuals, friends, and couples alike. Registration is open, spots are filling up, so check it out soon. And scholarships are available. Check out magicalmysterycamp.com slash helpingfriendly to learn more. Welcome to the Helping Friendly Podcast. We have quick hits for you. You've been asking, and now you have it. So we're going to talk with Jake Beckman, who went to the first three nights of the tour, to two nights of Providence, one night at Nassau, of course. I'm sure everyone listening has already listened to the shows, but if you haven't, um, you know, check out livefish.com. You can listen to them. A couple pieces of news here. So I think everyone probably knows, but uh, there's a new Live Fish archival release, 723.99. And this is a um, a really, really big, big show from Summer 99. So check that out. We'll put a link in there. Is it completely unrelated to After Midnight that a, a show that we referenced in After Midnight was then released? Uh, 
almost certainly a coincidence, but uh, pretty cool nonetheless. Speaking of After Midnight, if you haven't heard it yet, please uh, click on the link in the show notes, check it out, subscribe, give us a review, share it with your friends. We're, we're excited to drop episode three this week, so catch up on episodes one and two. And a couple events we want to tell you about this Friday, if you're going to be in New York City, come hang out with us at New Blue Jam just happened. It's going to be Scott Metzger, Aaron Magner, Adam Chase, Jay White. They're going to be playing probably about two hours of pure improv, original improv. It's going to be pretty awesome. And then on December 30th, as a fish after show, we will be with Riley Walker, Chris Forsyth, Garcia Peoples at Les Poissons Rouge. Tickets are on sale now. I'll put a link in the show notes. Check that out and make sure that if, you, uh, if you're around New York that night, you want to come hang after the fish show. And like I said, if you're there this Friday, December 6th, come hang out with us at New Blue. All right. We're going to hop into this quick hit review with Jake Beckham. Just want to take a quick minute and talk about Mint Mobile. Imagine a holiday season where you escape the long lines, crowded parking lots, pushy salespeople. Sounds pretty good, right? That's exactly how every day can be with Mint Mobile. So you can skip the line, skip the hassle, shop with Mint Mobile, the online wireless provider that delivers savings directly to you. So for a limited time, Mint Mobile is offering the best deal in wireless, 15 bucks a month for a phone plan. It's a holiday deal. It's only for a limited time. For 15 bucks a month, you can get 12 gigabytes of 4G LTE data plus unlimited nationwide talk and text. That's 40% off the standard rate. You can use your own phone. You keep your phone number. You keep everything on your phone. Take advantage of this Mint Mobile deal before it's gone. Go to mintmobile.com slash hfpod. It's mintmobile.com slash hfpod. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month. All right. I am here with Jake Beckman. What's up, Jake? Hey, RJ. How are you? Doing well. Um, thanks for joining us. And for people who don't know, Jake is... A, is well, I think you're kind of prolific on the internet. You're on Twitter <laughs> at, at Jake Jake Beckman, um, but also the fish feed with a pH and, and other internet things. Yeah, I did this thing called Save You a Click, uh, which people may have heard of. But uh, yeah, fish is my real passion. <laughs> well, we're here to talk about we're talking here to talk about that. Luckily, so yeah. you saw the first three shows of the tour: two nights in Providence and and last night at Nassau. Um, and you were able to do all that with an almost almost newborn at home. So props <laughs> to your wife, although I know you're going to be making up the, the parenting time this week. But um, how are you feeling after three nights? Uh, I'm very grateful for my wife and, uh, and the opportunity to go see fish. Um, I feel great. Fish is um, in rare form. I feel like they're in uh, mid to late season form. And, you know, it's a quick tour. So... I wasn't sure, you know, if they would need a couple of shows to warm up, but um, seems to me like they are just hitting it from the beginning. Uh, I mean, night one, that first set I thought was unbelievable. Um, first tube opener, I think, is maybe the best opener call I've ever seen. It looked like an audible. Trey was like uh, talking to the band for the first couple of songs. Maybe they didn't have a set list. It really liked the loose energy, um, you know, the, the guts to open a tour with first tube. It was just raucous. Um, and then the whole first set was kind of funky. The final hurrah was funky. The steam was funky. I mean, obviously the bye bye foot was a huge bust out. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the no man's gumbo, my soul, I mean, sand, I mean, it's just a funk set. Um, so it's interesting. Like I, I, you know, 
the question was, are they going to nod to 98? And um, are they going to make it do their own thing? And I kind of feel like they did their own thing while winking at it. You know, it wasn't mm-hmm. like kind of that wet island tour funk, but it was kind of like 3.0 funk. And, um, and I loved it. Um, so so let me ask you just because from, from my perspective, listening back, and I think some people's perspectives following online, obviously it's very different if you're there. Um, but it feels like the first set seemed a tiny bit maybe disjointed or like they were kind of trying to find the groove. Like I thought the sand for me listening back was the first time in the set where I really felt like it was like fully kind of, you know, they were fully locked in, but did it feel to you like they were kind of all along and maybe it was just the vibe of being there where, like you said, kind of the loose energy. I mean, look, I I know the show got mixed reviews. I I thought it was a, a, a strong opener, but an opener nonetheless. Um, they were, they didn't, you know, take anything out for a long time, which I think is, um, you know, representative of what you're saying that they kind of were a little bit nervous. I don't think, I think the longest jam was maybe 10 minutes. Um, Mm -hmm. but that didn't come till later. Um, yeah, I mean, it was hit, hit, hit. And I think the second set had like 12 songs in it or something stupid like that. If you count all the plasmas, um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think the whole plasma prize thing is, is a perfect, uh, uh, example or you know to sum it up yeah. like uh very cool everyone goes nuts for that it's kind of like or what, what what do we do now let's uh, go back into plasma Hooray. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and that, that plasma um, that plasma was a great great jam um really, yeah. really fun and so that's a cool thing to build it around
it was funny just not to jump ahead but night two obviously was a little gimmicky um in the first set as well but it was like a diff- it felt very very different like the plasma felt fun but a little bit forced um mm. night two just had this like really really laid back energy um that was l- lacking in night one i think and, and i think that the second set not having any big jams and also farmhouse in a big spot joy in a big spot and you know it's just like yeah the energy was a little bit disjointed but that said mm-hmm. everyone was super stoked to be there they seemed happy to be there having fun um getting warmed up you know it's like they say that they're a bag of nerves on first nights so uh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah so so the plasma yeah that, that's interesting well the the plasma was really i thought pretty like the kind of the jam of the show um, just cause it was like, it, it seemed a little bit out, like very out there, but, yeah. um, yeah, like you said, they kept kind of going back and forth into it and, and playing some other songs. But so what was it, what was the vibe like on the second night going in? I mean, the, having a two night run is always interesting cause you got people who are sort of settled in for, for a little while. For sure. Well, one more point on night one is the encore was very well received, at least in, in my crew. Mm-hmm. Um, personally, I think a, a big long meat stick jam would have been uh, <laughs> a, a big, big long meat stick jam would have been uh, for me a preferable encore. But I mean, sleep driver bug. I mean, everyone was really feeling that it was very you know there was a lot of respect in the room and and people were really digging that. Um, but no, night two was different from getting in the venue. It was much more crowded. Um, Saturday night show, um, mm-hmm. not the day after Thanksgiving, <laughs> and. Uh, and I think I got to my seats, uh, you know, like two minutes before they came on stage, which was nice. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> and, um, you know, I think that the first three shows have all had a little bit of cast spot thrown in, in the right spots. And so they opened with turtles. Um, but really the punch was where everyone knew that it was like about to go down. I mean, they jammed the, the intro to punch and it was like really good and jazzy and, yeah. and, uh, like, out there and not not rushing through it and it kind of felt to me like how they used to jam 2001 mm-hmm. um you know like they'll take like a part that's not the part and just go deep on it um so i haven't listened back to that you know it could have been in the moment but i mean everyone was going nuts and you know when they were jamming this random part of punch that's the best part of punch in my opinion so i was glad to see it jammed out um yeah, yeah it really was they, they were taking their time with it for sure which is cool yeah, and like the llama was kind of it wasn't a full slow llama, but it was a slower llama, and yeah. everyone everyone was getting down to that. I mean, I think that's a crowd pleaser, at least in the room on the internet. You know, who knows? Um, and then you know, again, like you know, more funky songs. Like you know, me was always as always was just like you know, fat bass and, and fun dance too. And and the whole set was obviously um punctuated by the page thx intro which um yeah we had as little idea as you guys did at home what was going on and um trey taking it upon himself to um you know kind of play the (laughs) kind of play the band lead we're gonna do an old one now and uh it kind of felt like to me um i like going to see fish shows because like they're always a little quirky and surprising and different and unique and to me, that whole thing, even though it was a little gimmicky with the intro, felt quirky, unique, funny, fishy, you know, like they did it <laughs> so many times that it was like a, a joke by the end. And, yeah. um, but anyway, I want that page sound as my ringtone. I freaking love it. Yeah, um, clearly having but, and having fun with it for sure. 
Yeah. And the second set, I mean, that gin was enormous. Um, mm-hmm. I bat it listened back to about four times and I stand by that. That was a really, really good bathtub gin. Nobody even complained about the Alaska, which I think is indicative of how strong the show was. Um, actually with my buddy who's from from alaska who's been chasing alaska his whole career so it was a good moment for him yeah (laughs) and got out there got out there in a way that alaska typically doesn't which is yeah and again i think that that's you know they were feeling loose and there was you know when you go to fish show and there's an energy in the room there was that energy in the room
What is a city without its music? The legacy of the New York Philharmonic is incredible. Nearly two centuries of history. That's a lot of music and a lot of stories. I was sitting on stage for the very first time thinking, I can't quite believe this is happening. Join me, Jamie Bernstein, as we explore the history of the New York Philharmonic. It's the NY Phil story made in New York, a podcast about a city, its people, and their orchestra. Listen wherever you get podcasts. So where are I mean, you with the, uh, with the uh, what's the use being potentially overdone at this point, or is it, or is it? Oh, is man, it you're, you're asking dangerous questions, RJ. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, I love what's the use. I do think they lean on it as a crutch often. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's kind of like the plasma reprise, <laughs> where they're like, we need a big, big moment, but we're all kind of tired, and what's the use? But the thing about the what's the use that I noticed in, in the moment, and, and it was unbelievable, is just how quiet the whole mm-hmm. arena was. Like, mm-hmm. you know, and I, I've seen what's the use, um, you know, countless times, which, you know, to your point, I've seen it countless times. It's the kind of song that should be, you know, once in a blue moon, um, you know, because it's that special. Um, and I've heard quiet rooms and respectful rooms, but everyone was hanging on every single note of what's the use. So overplayed, yeah. Um, but overrated? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and, and then, you know, the, the Piper was very strong. It was not, not a slow build. It was a, uh, you know, slower build, but it was not a slow build. But mm-hmm. you can't talk about Night 2 without talking about the Harry Hood. I think uh, maybe the best Harry Hood I've ever seen. And again, I've seen a lot of Harry Hoods in my time. But um, it was like, you know, my buddy leaned over to me and said, Trey's doing all the kinds of things that we always want him to do. And it was true. You know, Trey was um, finding melodies and the band was listening to each other and the peak was enormous and, and it, you know, got out there kind of outside the structure, um, just blistering, building, blissful, but also high, high energy. Um, just unbelievable hood, in my opinion. Um, and so to come out on night two and play a huge gym, a huge hood, um, jam out a random section of punch, um, you know, uh, to be, that's a great show. Also got to do mm-hmm. I mean, God, is one of my favorites. So to me, it's a great show. And, uh, yeah. long encore ag- again, hope everyone agrees. Oh yeah. yeah the encore. Yeah. Well, I can't believe we almost didn't talk about the encore. Encore is totally <laughs> bananas, dude. Uh, <laughs> um, and again, it looked like, you know, from night one, I was saying that like they called an audible. Um, I think Trey said that they didn't really <laughs> remember how to play it. Um, uh, <laughs> And so, you know, it's like a weird big black furry, like they always are. Um, But like all of a sudden Kong shows up and it was like a full Kong, you know, stand up on your heels and call. It was like, it was a big Kong. Um, And I I think I'd uh, seen Kong a couple times. You know, there was that 20 years later Kong. There was a Kong uh, in Brooklyn and Kong on Jones Beach. But Mm you know, it's always, I mean, Kong's another fishy favorite of mine. Um, and then when they went into Wombat, I actually had this thought that maybe it was a Wombat with a nod to Possum. Wombat was like the new Possum. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to go Wombat Possum, I thought was a nice little wink and nod too. And, uh, and of course, Trey's not done without playing another Plasma. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, the um, Plasma, but plasma last, but, was all throughout. But last night at Nassau, man, I mean, I know I'm in the post-show uh, afterglow here, but I mean, 
that was one of the, the better fish shows I've seen in a very, very, very long time. So, um, so let's set the stage because they've, they've been, fish hasn't played there in 16 years, almost to the day. Right? Yeah. I and, was, uh, I was there the last time I played actually. Yeah. I was, I was 12, I think, or 13 or something. <laughs> I was very, there also. That's I'm a very cool older brother for such a historic kind of venue in the lore of fish. They've really only played there in 98, 99, 03. And then, and then today, so, or yeah, last well, night. So, so were you, what was it? Well, first of all, sorry, the, the venue is totally different now, right? So that we should talk about that. Um, yeah, but, I had last been to the venue, um, maybe about 10 years ago. And I think they stopped doing shows there for a while. I heard a lot of mixed reviews about the venue. I thought it was really great. I mean, the room, it's like 10,000 person room. It's a great size for fish. You can do that thing you used to be able to do at MSG where you can walk around the interior of the bowl to get to your friends and yeah, no, one's, cool. no one's stopping you from going to sections. Staff was all friendly in my experience. There was nobody looking to give a hard time, at least not where I was sitting. Um, it was just a good time. Um, and uh, venue's nice. I mean, good concessions, decent bathrooms. I mean, in Rhode Island, by the way, at that um, arena, each men's room has like three or four urinals. And it's like kind of ridiculous to have a fish show where wow. you go on three at a time. So just walking into a bathroom that had, you know, a, a stadium amount of places to go to the bathroom was like a nice step up in my opinion. But um, it was nice. It's like nice and renovated. There's all that Islander stuff hanging from the rafters, which I guess is nostalgic at this point. Um, yeah. They don't play there anymore. I mean, um, <laughs> right. Uh, I mean, it was a hometown show for me. Um, I uh, live in the suburbs of New York, so um, it was easy for me to get to. I don't live on Long Island, but not not so far. Um, mm-hmm. And easy to get home and sleep in my own bed, which is always nice. Um, yeah. but the venue itself, I think, is great. And uh, I hope Fish is invited back. I hope we're invited back. And I would go see a show there um, anytime I had the opportunity. Well, let's – yeah, we should talk about the show. I did hear some reports of people getting like – kicked out for smoking weed which is like really yeah which is really awful and weird at this at this point in in american history but um that's you know that that's beside the point sort of i, I, I feel bad did, about that. i did not observe anything like that i can't speak okay. for anyone else's experience but cool um i saw people making questionable decisions right by event staff and security and nobody gave anyone a hard time Okay. All right. Well, let's talk about the show for a couple minutes. So, yes, let's please. So what What do you think? Going in, opening up with that with Ghost is always a, an interesting call, and and hopefully, hopefully a good one. I mean, the room went nuts, man. Um, the Ghost Jam itself, I think, was pretty good. Um, mm-hmm. It's good for for the first song of the night. It could have been playing. <laughs> couldn't plan anything else instead of Ghost. So I'm never going to turn my nose up at a Ghost Jam. Um, uh, set the tone. It's that kind of thing where like mm-hmm. there was like this energy in the room. A lot of people sat out, at least, you know, I'm, I'm, my crew is all in New York. A lot of people didn't go to Providence, at least my friends and all my crew was at Nassau. Um, and it felt like that was happening in crews around the arena. Like there were just like lots of friends, lots of energy. People were ready for like a big, never miss a Sunday show. Um, so to come out with Ghost, I mean, people were very, very psyched. Um, and Rift is one of my favorite, 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 um, you know, non-jammy fish songs. Um, so I was very, very, very happy to see that. Um, and I literally 
stood with my mouth agape while they played the Banner 70 yesterday, knowing full well it was coming, having seen them do the whole series with the Vidu Malkainu mm-hmm. two other times, I think, one of which was on Long Island. Uh, I wonder what it is about Long Island where they pull out a Vidu Malkainu. Um, but uh, it was just, you know, no, even having seen it and knowing what was coming, to me, that's a spiritual moment when they start playing Banner um, 70 yesterday. And, you know, being, being Jewish and thinking about being in shul and saying I'm being a volcano on Rosh Hashanah um, or Yom Kippur, uh, but doing it at a fish show with with Mike and Trey and John and Paige is, uh, I mean, that's just, that's spiritual to me. So um, I, uh, I had a really good time with that. <laughs> that's cool. That's awesome. That um, like Wedge was very wedgy, which is great, but, um, you know, he heard wedge before um mm-hmm. monster had a huge energy timber i mean i love timber and they mm-hmm. really they really came at it aggressively um i thought and um and we got cooled down man a little velvet underground never hurt anyone yeah. um but the real cherry on top of the first set was the tube jam they absolutely jammed out too really it amazing was, it was awesome um they jammed out too a couple times in recent memory that have really impressed me and this was definitely, definitely, definitely one of them. Um, it, you know, if you haven't heard the tube from Nassau, do yourself a favor, pause what you're listening to right now, go listen to the tube, and then come back and we can finish the conversation. Well, we'll, actually, we'll, put, we'll play some right now. Oh, good.
And then zero at the end, you know, it's funny. Zero is always, I think, at the end of a set, either uh, an apology or an exclamation point. Um, <laughs> and uh, I think there was a big an double interesting extra, way to look at exclamation it. point. Yeah, it's either like, oh, we you know this set was kind of weak, so here's zero, have fun. Um, it wasn't like that. It was like, we just crushed. We just played big two. We just like, mm-hmm. you know, had a really big set. The room really ate it up. I'm sure, they could feel the energy. Um, and it was big zero, big zero. Nobody going to the bathroom. Everybody singing along. At least as far as I can see. <laughs> <laughs> they open up the second set with with everything's right, which is, I think, yes. it must have the like the highest betting average of of any song at this point, given it's been played like 22, 23 times. And that's it. You know, that's at least half of them are like really great, really great. Jams. I, I mean, I think that everything's right is the best jam vehicle of the past, however many years. I mean, it's great at almost every one that I hear is fantastic. Um, and so, you know, last night was no exception, not my favorite. Everything's right. Um, but going into disease, um, which was a brief disease, um, it's always high energy. Um, cities was a true highlight for me. They played it kind of this weird, they played it at two speeds actually, like really slow and then a little bit more talking headsy. Um, uh, you know, they, I, they can do whatever they want with the tempo mm-hmm. of cities as far mm-hmm. as I'm concerned. Um, I think it was also maybe the Fisher anniversary of cities last night. I think I read, um, online. So if, if so, that's a good, good nod to fish history. Um, and more self-aware than I'd expect from them. Um, the rest of the set was strong, um, but a little bit odd. The Ruby Waves is great. Um, 20 years later, I always get spacey and I love. Um, the number line uh, was greeted with mixed reviews. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, normally, I think everyone is rocking by the end of number line. I, I don't think everyone was rocking by the end of this number line. Um, but that's then the unfortunate. Home, I think that's yeah, I mean, I mean, but... Um, Trey deserved to play whatever he wanted last night, I thought. I mean, uh, talking about it, the show, say it's a great show, but if you listen to the show, I mean, that's, to me, last night was the kind of show was why you go see fish. Mm-hmm. Um, and so Trey can play anything he wants if he wants to do that. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, and then the encore with, with Roses to kick it off, um, even though they didn't jam it, just a really, really nice um, and well-received move by the band um, as an homage to, you know, island tour of years past. Um, it's just, uh, it was a special moment for sure to do it in the Nassau Coliseum. Um, and to be able to be there personally was, uh, well, I was really happy about that. That's cool. Um, and, so, and then, and then Slave is, uh, is Slave to the Traffic Light and we all went home. <laughs> yeah. I love Slave to the well, Traffic Light, but you've heard Slave to the Traffic Light before. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the roses is, you know, roses is like a once a year kind of thing right now. So to get that at all is, is cool. And like you said, is in a little homage um, and, you know, an amazing tube from Island Tour it, it kind of reflected in this in this tube. So that that's kind of cool, whether that I mean, was I intentional or not. I, I kind of think when you go see this show, like, what are you really looking for? Right. You're like you're looking for high energy. You're looking for inside jokes. You're looking for good playing. You're looking for a couple of really great jams and. I think fish delivered personally. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I appreciate you taking the time and I know that absolutely um, you, you got a lot going on, but able to see these first three shows and um, really, really cool. And I think what, what's your, what's your sort of takeaway just looking back at, at all three and Any, um, anything major. 
my takeaways that I wish it were Friday afternoon again, that I could do it all over. <laughs> <laughs> um, my, my takeaways that, um, again, quick tour, I think the question mark for me was how long would it take them to get warmed up? And I think that they are very warm. Uh, I think they got warm on the third set in basically. Um, mm-hmm. Pittsburgh and Charleston are going to be really fun and I really wish I were going. <laughs> <laughs> my, my main takeaway is that it's, it's great to be a great time to be a fish fan. Um, yeah. and, uh, and then we get to see them again in like what, three or four weeks at MSG. It's just that we're yeah. very, very lucky to, to be fans of this band. Awesome. Well, thank you for taking the time and thanks for sharing your perspective with us, Jake. Thanks, RJ. Appreciate it.
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Yes, welcome, everyone. I'm Hal Schwartz. And I'm Flynn McClain. Together, we host None But the Brave, a podcast dedicated to the music and career of Bruce Springsteen. Bruce and E Street Band are on tour right now for the first time in six years, and we're taking a detailed look at what's happening on stage in our bi-weekly episodes. We've also been recently joined by some very exciting guests, including rock journalist Warren Zanes and Stephen Hyden, Backstreet's Magazine founder Charles Cross, and Barstool's Kirk Menahan. If you're a diehard Springsteen fan, this is the show for you. So please subscribe to Nimba the Brave on your favorite podcasting platform, and we hope to see you further on up the road. Thank you so much! We'll be seeing you!